This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Christian perspective on the news does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Radio K Pulpit or the on-air presenter, but is the independent viewpoint of the individual contributor. Please send an email to info at kpulpit.co.za should you have any further inquiries. Christian Perspective on the News. It's a Friday. That means we get to spend some quality time with Dr. Peter Hammond, who's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Good morning to you, Dr. Hammond. Good morning, Brad. And Well, there's so much in the news that's interesting. At last, we've had a response to the Zondo Commission report on state capture as a tool to eradicate fraud and corruption in the public sector. But uh, the response was kind of interesting because while the president spoke very eloquently, but he didn't particularly put through a solution. And uh, the principles mentioned, of course, should have been implemented in South Africa from the very beginning. I mean, it's just basic constitutional democracy safeguards uh, that you would have thought were obvious. So the principles put forward in the, speech that we heard um, was very much reiterating what had been announced already in 2018. Mm. Um, But it didn't prevent corruption during the COVID-19 scandemic uh, lockdown lunacy uh, masquerade madness uh, when billions were looted and uh, businesses destroyed for no good reason. Uh, But uh, interesting that what we hear about the Zonda report on state capture is um, that the decisions taken rest with Parliament, which basically means that the cabinet ministers still enjoy the full protection of the majority party that dominates Parliament. No decisions were made, no steps were announced that will cause any of the state's capture culprits to lose any sleep. The response was pretty disappointing in the sense that it was a vague play on words and... uh, basically the idea that they'll have to consider the Zonda Commission's recommendations and maybe another commission will be established to further investigate. Wow. Um, none of this sounds more than rearranging deck chairs in the Titanic. Uh, so uh, what we uh, know, and it's, it's not like we haven't known for months and uh, a couple of years that this is coming, so you wonder why uh, all the president did was summarize and repeat the Zonda Commission's findings and add a threat that those involved in corruption have nowhere left to hide, which... Well, um, Sai, uh, what's actually going to be done? And uh, it does look like billions have been stolen, hundreds of billions have been stolen. Uh, in fact, trillions have been stolen. Wow. And here the Zonda Commission's work of one and a half years has really apparently cost a billion rand. And one wonders how it can cost so much to have a commission inquiring to state capture. It's almost like that's a bit of a two. At any rate, it's so important to make sure that theft is not rewarded and uh, one thinks of the comments that uh, politics comes from two compound words, uh, compound of two words, poly, many, and ticks, blood-sucking parasites. Politics, many blood-sucking parasites. <laughs> it reminds one of the comment that uh, you can always tell when a politician is lying, his lips move, and when he dies, he lies still. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Britain's got an interesting new development where Rishi Sunak is the new prime minister. I don't think Britain's ever had such a short tenure of a a prime minister as they've had with Liz Trust. And so you can see how they've gone um, uh, in a matter of three months through three prime ministers. Uh, That's that's quite remarkable. 
And what's also particularly remarkable is that while Hindus the world over are celebrating the Festival of Light, um, a Hindu has now become Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, which is interesting because I had understood from English law, uh, including Magna Carta and the English uh, Bill of Rights of 1689, that only a Protestant could be um, both king or queen uh, or um, the uh, consort of the king or queen, and, and they couldn't be engaged or married to someone who wasn't a Protestant. And uh, similarly with being the prime minister, to the extent that uh, Tony Blair pretended to be a Protestant the whole time he was uh, prime minister, and only when he left number 10 did he announce that he was actually a Roman Catholic. Uh, so they've had to go to the extent of deception before. But here we have someone who's born to parents of Indian descent mm -hmm. who'd actually migrated to Britain from Kenya, from East Africa in the 1960s. And uh, so his parents were um, Hindus living in Africa. That's interesting as well. But what we have in um, Rishi Sunak, the new Prime Minister of England, is not just the first Indian Prime Minister of England and not only uh, the first Hindu who's a member of Hindu and a very active participator in Hindu practice. Famously, he would go outside number 11 when he's uh, Chancellor of the Exchequer and and lights his uh, candles just outside the door and he is seen in public praying for cows and things like this, uh, taking his Hindu religion very seriously. But he is also a Goldman Sachs man. He actually worked uh, for years as uh, uh, for Goldman Sachs he was an analyst for the investment bank Goldman Sachs. He's also the richest prime minister Britain's ever had, and apparently he's richer than King Charles. And uh, he's one of the richest people in England. And uh, so this is interesting that what we have in Britain right now is a conservative party that has had such a leadership crisis that they now have a prime minister who no one actually voted for. They didn't even vote in this last section because uh, Boris Johnson pulled out of the race his only serious challenger, and uh, his uh, previous um, competitor who won against him amongst the uh, actual participants in the Conservative Party, um, because he was the only candidate left standing, uh, nobody had to vote for him, and he came in. So this is intriguing that you can have a, a democracy, a parliamentary democracy, in Britain's case, a, mon uh, a constitutional monarchy, operating where they get a prime minister who no one actually voted for, which hasn't happened since Winston Churchill somehow found himself prime minister in 1940 after the debacle he caused in the attempted invasion of Norway when that uh, completely collapsed. And next thing, the prime minister, Neville Chamberlain, had to resign. And uh, next thing, a man who nobody had ever voted for at that up to that stage, Winston Churchill became prime minister. So interesting. But what we have is somebody who does not support Brexit or did not support Brexit initially, who was Chancellor of the Exchequer during the ruinous, catastrophic uh, COVID lockdown mandate, which destroyed how many businesses and forced Britain to borrow more than a trillion pounds uh, to cover the costs of this lockdown lunacy, and who is in bed with the banksters, uh, the uh, Goldman Sachs Bank, which was heavily involved in the whole 2008 selling worthless derivative scandal. So uh, interesting, what does this all mean? Well, we need godly government. There's no doubt that we need to get back to God. And when we see the state capture in South Africa, when we see the corruption, not just in politics here, where an African 
Union Task Force on Corruption calculated that uh, literally one-third of the total gross domestic product of Africa stolen by corruption. That's, that's gross domestic product, one-third of the total GDP of Africa stolen by corruption by governments every year. And unfortunately, our government's part of that statistic. And at this, this stage, it's well over, well over a trillion rand stolen to possibly four trillion rand stolen from the South African electorate so far uh, by government corruption. And when we look at what's going all over the world, we can see a leadership crisis. Mm. And our Lord Jesus said that the kings of the earth lorded over one another. And they call themselves benefactors. But it's not to be like that with you. The, young, the greatest amongst you should be like the servant, like the youngest, like the least. And it's for this reason that we actually have the concept of calling people in government ministers uh, from the word deacon, which is the word used in, in Romans 13, that the, uh, the government is to be the deacon of God, the servant of God. And they are to serve the citizens and they're to serve God as a minister of justice. And they're not to be a terror to those who do good, but only to those who do evil. They're to be God's agent of wrath, to bring punishment upon the wrongdoer. And they are to protect those who do good. And therefore, the whole concept of even having a prime minister, prime minister meaning first servant, and the concept of, I remember getting letters from cabinet minister signed, your humble servant. Mm. And... I don't notice them doing that much these days, but it has Christian roots to not have a president or a governor, but to have a minister, a prime minister, a first servant, to have servants in government whose job is to serve God as ministers of justice and to serve citizens by protecting and helping them rather than locking them down and mandating experimental drugs and events and all that sort of thing and destroying their businesses and telling them what pronouns to use and uh, banning and deplatforming people who've committed a thought crime and all the other activities of Big Brother. It seems that some people seem to think 1984, book by George Orwell, is a manual to follow instead of a warning to avoid. So there's a time for repentance, there's a time for reflection, there's a time for reformation. Mm. And here we are entering into this weekend as we are remembering the great reformation which Martin Luther launched back in uh, 19, uh, uh, in 1517 on the 31st of October. So 31 October, Monday is Reformation Day. As always, we will be out at Huguenot Monument Museum having a Reformation celebration at 12 noon at the Huguenot Monument, remembering the Reformation. And I think working for Reformation, praying for revival is what we need. When we see state capture, theft, corruption, dishonesty, all of these going on, not just in our country, but around the world. We need to be working for biblical reformation, working for a back to the Bible reformation and praying for spiritual revival. That's the voice of Dr. Peter Hammond. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action and the William Carey Bible Institute. Big thanks to you, Dr. Hammond. Enjoy your day and have a great weekend. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.